on today's episode. Well, the, the RGC curriculum, it's called, it's essentially, it has to improve the motor skills of the kids. That's it. Golf here is a bit of a sport where it's a bit of a millionaire's club. <laughs> um, you know, I, I couldn't just rock up to the club they triple to back on a Sunday morning and pay 12 quid for a round. You know, Mexico, for all its kind of faults, is an absolutely fantastic country and, um, you know, it's a kind of, it's a privilege to be able to live here. I'm David Bevis and you're listening to Mexico Over the Wall, a podcast about Mexico from the other side. My next guest is from the UK and has been living in Mexico for three years. I'll let him introduce himself. My name is Alban and I am the sports coordinator PE teacher at uh, the Wingate School in Mexico City. How did you end up in Mexico? Uh, I ended up in Mexico because my uncle, who's actually been on a previous podcast, uh, was Tom Wingate. He uh, he was starting a school in about 2016, and I was just finishing university. I went to Brunel University in London and studied sports science, and uh, they said, they knew I wanted to be a, a PE teacher. I was looking at that career, and they said, oh, would you be interested in coming out? So I said, uh, yeah, sure. And then uh, in my first year here, so that was the 2017-18 academic year, uh, I completed my PGCE, my postgraduate teacher's qualification as well. Because uh, along, but even though I had a, a degree, uh, quite often uh, schools, particularly in England, require you to have a postgraduate uh, qualification towards teaching. And uh, the, the school, uh, I did that at, whilst working at the school in the first year. And uh, I've been, and then I've done two more years since then. So three years so far in Mexico. What things did you find it hard to adapt to when you came here at first? I mean, obviously the language was was a difficult one. Um, I, you know, I wasn't really sure how long I would stay when I first came here. So, um, you know, maybe I I didn't throw myself in as much as I I could have in the first year because. As I said, I, I wasn't quite sure how long I was going to be here. Uh, so the language was a difficult one. And, you know, just to go through it, you know, a lot of my, uh, I, I have family here. My, my cousin said, ah, oh, you know, with, with regards to English, it's quite often just one verb tense. So, for example, I go, you go, we go. Here, you're going to have loads of different verb tenses, uh, you know, and you're going to have to conjugate a lot of things. And at first, it's going to seem really complicated. <laughs> just uh, bear with it. and. Yeah, I suppose there was that. And then maybe public transport as well. I mean, where I'm from in in, uh, in Surrey, there's a quite a good bus and, and train network and everything. Whereas here, although there is a metro in town, it doesn't really exist. And, you know, I had to get Ubers if I wanted to go out somewhere. <laughs> what do you like about living in Mexico? Uh, well, I love... The, the the thing that I love most about Mexico, particularly Mexico City, is that there's something for everyone here. You know, if you like culture, well, there's loads of that in museums and art. If you like hiking, there's some great hikes that you can do. If you like playing football, there's hundreds, thousands of little five-a-side football leagues that you can join. 
if you like cycling, which I do, there's loads of great cycle routes around the country. You know, they close off Reformer on a Sunday morning and you can go cycling up there. That's great fun. Um, so there's something for everyone. And I don't think I've ever known anyone who's come here and not not enjoyed it, you know, because uh, they always you always end up finding your feet, finding your thing. And uh, it, yeah, I, I think that's the thing that I like most about it is that it's just such a, there's something for everyone. It ticks every box this country, it seems. What's it like where, where you live? I live in, in Tolomas. You go up the hill from Tekamachalco. It's about 10 minutes from Tekamachalco. Um, and into Lomas is about 10, 15 minutes from where I work in a place called Whiskey Lucan. And um, that's actually, that's very far west because that's actually not far off the, we're, we're not far from the Caseta de Toluca. Um, in fact, we're probably closer to Toluca Airport there than we are to Mexico City Airport. So I, I live in a sort of residential area in Tolomas, um, where, yeah, I mean, it, it has everything that you need in terms of a, a big Walmart, a, you know, shopping centre, Paso uh, into Lomas, uh, supermarkets. Uh, and I like it because it's kind of quite quiet, uh, certainly compared to the, the centre of the city. Of course, there's still uh, the hustle and bustle and all of that uh, on Monday morning. But it's great because, you know, I can kind of go cycling, go out and walk the dog. What things have you found uh, difficult about living in Mexico? I mean, obviously, I alluded to language. I mean, I suppose the, um, the kind of laissez-faire nature of some things so for example i i said that i do a lot of cycling but there's a lot of potholes for example in the road that just haven't been repaired or haven't been repaired for a long time and you, you kind of feel like um that sometimes people are kind of willing to pass the buck so you might get in contact with the, the council or whoever that may be the mayor oh yeah oh no sorry that's not my problem it's kind of uh there is a little bit of a, a way of passing the buck i feel uh, in that sense so maybe things don't get done as quickly as as they could and um i ca- yeah i kind of find it frustrating a little bit that um the peso doesn't perform as well as it could um i mean if you look at you look at the, the country itself 129 million people incredible natural resources um the oil uh, climate crops foods you know you've got everything here and you look at somewhere like somewhere like india um, they do have, you know, there are people in poverty, uh, but they 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 have an economic growth of about six percent. Uh, whereas here, I think last year, Peso actually contracted under the new government. Uh, to be fair, it was kind of growing at like one two percent before that. But you just think the resources that there are here, it's it could be, you know, I think it's thirteenth in, in the world in the economies. 13th biggest economy it could ease should easily be in the top 10 possibly even pushing top five i mean it's potential to be a powerhouse this country and although it's performed well um and there, there is a lot of, since you kind of feel like it's underperformed in some areas and so that you know it's not something that affects me on a day-to-day basis but it's just something that you kind of look at and you go ah you know if only what's it like teaching in mexico well it's great I mean, I've got I've got a fantastic job. I don't like dread waking up on a Monday morning because uh, so basically I work. I'm, I'm the PE teacher for most of the year groups, and uh, we have one other PE teacher who comes in a few days a week to because I haven't got enough room in my timetable basically to do all of them as the school grows and gets bigger. Um, and the, the the curriculum that I work with 
is extremely freelance, very, very flexible. So when I when I arrived in Mexico at first, it was a little bit daunting because my bosses said, well, the, the IPC curriculum, it's called, it's essentially, it has to improve the motor skills of the kids. Off you go. That's it. So I sort of thought, well, okay, well, <laughs> that, that's so, you know, that's very broad. That could come under many um, uh, umbrellas. So, uh, it, but then as I got into it, I was like, well, hang on, this is great because I can just essentially do what I want. I can plan whatever lessons I see fit. So I sort of came up with my own curriculum uh, to teach the kids. And as long as, of course, that's always the aim of the PE teacher to improve the coordination of the motor skills of the kids, particularly at primary level. Um, so I came up with a, with a program that kind of, uh, I wanted to touch on many different motor skills. So catching, running, jumping, um, like throwing, uh, a little bit of dance in there as well. And then so you cover so many different avenues and there's something for everyone because I think an advantage that I have in my job is that I'm quite young. <laughs> I'm only 25 years old. So I remember what it was like at school uh, under the national curriculum in England, which I'm not a huge fan of in some ways. And it was literally just like the PE teacher, like, right, go out and play football. And that'd be great for like five or 10 of us who just absolutely love football. But then what about the 20 others in the class who are just sort of standing around thinking, ah, oh, I hate PE. So I wanted to make make it something for everyone. So there's topics in there for everyone. And it was very inclusive. So although I put an element of competition in my lessons, which I still would think is important, kids should have a competitive element and learn to be competitive. It's inclusive in the sense that uh, everyone, for example, if we're doing a, a long jump lesson, before we have a, a competition at the end to see who can jump the longest, all the kids will go through multiple uh, practice uh, jumps to to have a go themselves, and then everyone will be able to participate at the end. Um, so by the end of the lesson, everyone feels as if they've had a really good uh, amount of exercise. They've improved their motor skills, whilst there is that little bit of competition at the end, which which kids do love. So you have to cater for that. But um, yeah, that's something that I said. Being young helps. I can think back and go, all right, I don't want I don't want to see kids. That I remember from just a few years ago, sort of standing around with their hands on their hips, going, "Yeah, they say this isn't for me. I can't wait to get out of PE once I'm 16." How has the uh, the situation at the moment affected what you do? Well, I mean, it's obviously it hasn't been ideal for anyone. Um, I um, I've had to I've I've given two online classes a week. I've done that via mainly YouTube because. Um, Google Drive could get a bit complicated in terms of uploading and having running out of space and all that kind of thing. Um, so I, as I said, I give two video classes a week um, and I'd have to make them one pretty much without equipment because I can't just say, all right, go and use your bench press in your gyms in your house. <laughs> so it would be it would be at-home stuff uh, and then we'd focus uh, on different muscle parts each video. And then I also sent out regarding the assessment because we still have to obviously do end of year reports uh, that, that are required um, like a little exam on PE as to what we had learned so for example I go through all the topics in the year so throwing okay uh, where should your non-throwing arm be pointing once you complete a throw and obviously it's at the target and I'd give a list of different options but, so the kids could just recap what they had learned um, so that was that um, Obviously, it's been hard 
Um, for, for, you know, it's, it's not ideal. I do miss school. You miss that kind of human contact. You miss really being able to help the kids with their technique. And although kids would kind of get in touch and go, oh, this exercise I found a bit difficult, maybe I could email back and go, okay, we'll try it like this. Um, it's just not the same. And so, yeah, it has been difficult. Um, so I've been, we've been here in Interlomas. Um, I'm here with my wife and, um, you know, we, uh, she's, she's a Spanish teacher. And so she's been able to do live classes. So I, I feel for her, it's been a little bit more normal, if that makes sense, because she still has all the kids on screen and uh, is able to kind of uh, have stuff live with them. Whereas for me, it's so different. You know, I couldn't really do like a game of dodgeball online. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, it's been a bit bit more different for me, I feel, than, than others. And then I've also done English conversation classes just generally with kids, uh, something that school wanted to do. It was a great idea to keep the kids' English going. So I volunteered for that. And, I sort of do two or three classes a day where I just have them on Zoom for half an hour and we just chat away in English. How have they responded to that? Uh, well, in terms of the PE, the feedback's been very good. Um, I mean, the good thing about YouTube is that you can kind of see how many views you're getting. So I can kind of think, okay, well, how many kids do I teach? So how many views should I be getting? Are they two or three hundreds, roughly? So, so yeah, get it. that's good. Uh, you get They comment on the bottom and then... Um, my boss um, alluded to the other day, he said he had good feedback on, on the PE classes. So that was good. Um, and then in, in terms of the English classes, um, I think the kids enjoy it because, again, it feels like they can kind of meet up with their friends and just have a chat. And um, it, it's, it's informal, but at the same time, they are learning, they are practicing their English. So I think um, the feedback that the school has gotten overall from the online learning has been good because it's it's a double-edged sword. You don't want to give them too much work and kind of overwhelm them during this period. But then again, you don't want to just give them nothing and then give them a free pass to start somewhere early. You know, you want to do that. So I think, um, yeah, from what I've heard, and uh, the kids are saying the feedback's been pretty good. The schools handled the online learning quite well. Um, and so, yeah, that's been good. Is there anything you miss from home? Well, yeah, I mean... Obviously, family, friends, that's a big one. Um, playing golf, uh, cycling, and not worrying about massive potholes in the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose English food is, is one, like you're just going out and getting fish and chips. I know there are some places in the city that do fish and chips, but you kind of have to look around to find them. And that's more central. You know, you wouldn't find one here in, in Interlomas or unlikely anyway. Uh, so I, I miss I miss that I miss kind of the Englishness I miss the the seasons um, and all of that I miss going to football matches that's a big one um, like I, I support um, Woking FC back home and uh, I, I would go every single week to the games so that is difficult not being there um, to support the team and yeah I said friends just meeting up um, you know of course most days I'll, I'll speak to my friends in England by WhatsApp, WhatsApp group, and that's great, but uh, not quite the same. And, and golf here is a bit of a sport where it's a bit of a millionaire's club. <laughs> um, you know, I, I couldn't just rock up to the club they trip all to back on a Sunday morning and pay 12 quid for a round like I do in England. <laughs> um, you know, I think the, uh, the just the 
deposit of a membership there would be it would be an awful lot. So um, I, I yeah, I miss playing golf. And I mean, the thing with me is though, and this is something that my wife has said to me as well. It's like whenever I go back to England, it's always in the summer, and that's when England's at its best. You know, you have the World Cups on. That's great. Uh, and England are doing well, like they did a couple of years ago. You got barbecues, Wimbledon. Um, this year would be the Olympics, um, you know, festivals, the late evenings, you know, getting dark at half ten and all of that. So, of course, when you go back, you see it at its best. And it would probably be different if I were to go back in January <laughs> and it was getting dark at 3.30 and, uh, yeah, you don't see any sunshine. And, yeah, you know, you're standing on a cold train platform thinking, oh, God, this, is, this is miserable, isn't it? So, you know, it swings and roundabouts. So you have to take it with a pinch of salt, I feel, whenever you go back to England, as much as it is so great, you kind of think it's not like this all year round. And in Mexico, regarding the weather, that's the thing. It is very consistent. Pretty much every day it will get into 20 odd, 25 degrees. For me as a PE teacher, that's just perfect because I can plan my lessons. I know exactly what the weather's going to be like. I know exactly where we're going to be and what we can do. I mean, and, you know, I know there's a rainy season here, but that doesn't really come until the evening. I mean, barely ever in my three years here have I actually seen any rain during the school day. So, um, yes, so going back to the question, what I, I do miss so things about England, but at the same time, the grass will always be greener on the other side. Okay, is there anything else you'd like to add or recommend? Living here is, is great fun in terms of, like, what I, what I alluded to. There's something for everyone here. And it's just um, it's a great place to live. Uh, if, when you do come and live here, throw yourself into it, um, and you know try and um, you have an open mind. There will be some things that you don't like, of course, but then don't um, let that affect you because yeah, there's so many great things here. The people are so welcoming. Made so many great friends over here. Uh, really good people. Um, and you know it's a very passionate kind of country, which is a bit different to England. People are a bit more reserved, but then again, you, you know, kind of embrace that and see it as a positive. You know, Mexico, for all its kind of faults, is an absolutely fantastic country, and um, you know, it's a kind of it's a privilege to be able to live here. So I was talking there to Auburn Lee, who lives in Mexico City. Over the course of this series, I'm going to be interviewing people from all over the place about their experiences of living in Mexico. If you live in Mexico and would like to take part, please get in touch by writing to feedback at mexicooverthewall.com. Please support the podcast by giving us a review, which you can do via mexicooverthewall.com apple for Apple Podcasts, if you have an iOS device or iTunes. Or you can review us on Stitcher by going to mexicooverthewall.com slash Stitcher. You can also support us with hard cash by sponsoring us on Patreon. One of the benefits of sponsorship is that you can get extended versions of these interviews. Go to patreon.com slash mexicooverthewall for more details. That's it for this episode. Hope you liked it. See you next time. Thank you.